Another day, another dollar makes you wonder where your money went. You can scream and you can holler. Hi, folks. This is Jack Spear here with another edition of the Survival Podcast. As always, my man, the changing time, the changing world, the things we can all do to live a better life if times get tough or even if they don't come into you today from Arlington, Texas, with episode 366. And we are going to have an interview today with Tammy Gangloff of Dehydrate the Store. I know a tremendous number of you folks out there really love watching her YouTube videos. We've been talking about her on the forum for a long time. Her ears would probably be red if she knew how much we talk about her on the TSP forum, especially the uh, female contingent there. There were some people pretty excited to hear she was going to be on. So she'll be with us in just a moment. Uh, today is January 29th. 2010, and uh, I welcome your feedback to this or any other episode at thesurvivalpodcast.com in the comments section. Uh, before we move on, though, and introduce Tammy, we need to go ahead and take care, first of our typical housekeeping. Uh, housekeeping item one, as always, let's take care of our sponsors. They do a lot to make sure this show is here for you on a daily basis. Uh, sponsor of the day number one is the Lifesaver 4000 water bottle from Ready Made Resources. Folks, this is a water bottle that will filter down to 0.015 microns. That is smaller than the smallest bacteria and viruses uh, that are out there in the world that can infect our water supply. The inventor was inspired after working on a relief effort during the tsunami in Indonesia a few years ago. I realized that something needed to be done that was portable that would make sure fresh water was always available. That's where the product came from. I really suggest that you check it out. Uh, sponsor of the day number two, Backyard Food Production. Um, if you want to see people that are actually living the dream, living off the land, producing their own food, um, and providing for their own needs with what is available to all of us if we'll just make the efforts, check out what they're doing. Their instructional DVD is amazing. I just went down there last weekend and did a workshop with them on primitive hunting and trapping skills. Marjorie's an amazing person. I can tell you firsthand now after being there, these folks are, are living what they live, and what they're telling you is exactly what they do. Um, it's a DVD I had to watch myself about four times to, I think, begin to get everything that's in there. Uh, it's almost information overload, so check out their DVD. Moving on from there, check out our gear shop. Um, good news is the challenge coins are in. The bad news is they sold out before they even got here. Um, so if you're ordering now, you might be waiting for the second run to come in. But I would do that now. Uh, I've been on Sister Wolf to raise the price. I hope she's done that. If not, she's going to hear from me because uh, we're selling them too cheap. That's probably why they sold out before we got any in. Last but not least, consider joining the Member Support Brigade. If you join the Member Support Brigade, you get exclusive content available only to members, along with a massive amount of discounts. New discounters should be in the Members Brigade today, probably before you got uh, the notification of today's show, you got a notice from me on some of the new things that have been added to the Members Brigade. Short and sweet, you're supporting the show at 20 cents an episode. Uh, in return, you get all of those goodies, and uh, you help make this show the success that it's become. And with that, I want to go ahead and introduce Tammy Gangloff from Dehydrate the Store. Uh, Tammy's best known for her wonderful YouTube videos, which have been watched over 200,000 times so far. That's pretty impressive. She also has her own new website, www.dehydrate2store.com, and the two is the number two. Uh, even more videos, resources on dehydration. There's a free membership you can partake of there. Uh, store your own recipes. It's really cool. Tammy, we'll be talking about that and more, but thanks for joining us today on the Survival Podcast. Um, nice to meet you, Jack. Nice to be here. 
Well, I know that people are really excited to have you here. Um, when I posted that you would be here in the forum, one of one of the ladies was like, "Ooh, ooh, ooh! I'm such a fan of hers." I mean, it was it was kind of cool. I like to see that kind of reception. Um, so, a lot of the questions I have for you today, they're directly from the audience, which is cool because that means we're giving them what they want. Um, one that makes a good start starting point would be, why did you? start storing food in the first place, you know, be it by dehydration or any other means, what what made you realize, hey, look, I need to do something beyond the next week, which is what most Americans do? Okay, well, first of all, I'm a mom, so I've always had a well-stocked pantry, and um, that way I would save money because I could buy just the products that I need that were on sale and replenish my, my pantry. But um, I think the when it really happened and really sank into, um, to me to start doing this at a grander pace would be when we had a really large storm here where I live on the East Coast, and there were people without electricity and heat for two weeks. And I remember walking into the grocery store, and just the, the, there was no lights. Everything was run by generators. The food, sh- all the shelves were empty. There, were no, there was no bread. There was no milk. Nothing was there, and people were scavenging, just taking everything and throwing it in their cart. And I just stood back, and I just wanted to cry because I thought, this is wrong. You know, if we were prepared at home with our pantries, we wouldn't have to do this. And people wouldn't be out there grabbing everything on the shelf in a panic. Uh, so that made me realize at that point that I needed to start spreading the news on how to dehydrate food and how to build your pantry up. Very, very cool. And I think that yeah. it's it's maybe lucky for you that you went through that. And for many people that are doing things now the way that you are, the way that we talk about every day, that they've seen things like that. So that when somebody says, oh, just don't worry about it, th- th- their response is, how can I not worry about it? I've actually seen it happen. And it's a real mm-hmm. thing that happens to real people all the time. We're just so insulated from it sometimes. I think we, we, we lull ourselves into this false sense of security because let's be honest, it's it's not the most comfortable thing in the world to think about not being able to run out to the store tomorrow, but it certainly can happen, right? Right. But you know what What really upsets me is that we teach um, our children to always have car insurance, health insurance, homeowner's insurance, uh, fire insurance. We even have an emergency exit fire plan for our, our families. We teach our children how to have that, you know, how to get out. But we don't teach our children how to have a prepared readiness or how to have a storage um, system. You know what I'm saying? Like an, an, a pantry built up. We don't, and we need to show that to our children that that's important. So, I mean, we teach them money in the bank and all these other things, but not at one time does anyone teach their children that they really should have a, a well-stocked pantry. You know, that's a great point because, you know, I carry life insurance, but up till now I've never died. I carry car insurance, but up till now I've had one accident. Mm-hmm. I carry fire insurance, but my house has never burned down. But if you don't carry food insurance, you have to eat every single day of your life to stay right. healthy and alive. So it's mm-hmm. the most important thing and the one we don't insure. Right, and you can lose your job. Sure. And, and it, so it's there for financial purposes and it's there for um, economical purpose, I'm sorry, purposes and environmental purposes. So it's there for – it covers all those areas. 
Very, very cool. I think you're dead on, and I think you're going to resonate with the folks out there listening today because that's the same type of thing we've, we've been talking about here for, for a long time now. One of the things that people really want to know, though, is how and why you got into you know dehydrating specifically because that's what you're most known for. I know you do store some other things because you've, yeah. you've talked about your videos. Like if you want eggs and milk, then you, know, you can mm-hmm. go buy that stuff. But your primary method that you use for storing food that would be fresh and need to be converted into a storable is dehydration. Can you talk to folks? briefly about kind of the advantages that has over things like flash freezing and canning. Okay. Well, I got started in dehydrating versus canning and freezing because of the benefits. Okay. um, One of the benefits is that when you can your food, you lose 80% of the nutrients. When you freeze your food, you lose 40% of the nutrients. When you dehydrate your food, you lose 3 to 5% of the nutrients. Now, when you can your food, you have a two-year shelf life. When you freeze it, one year in the freezer before it's freezer burnt. When you dehydrate, it, um, most of your um, items have up to 30 years, depending on what it is. So, and it's lighter weight, and it stores either, and you don't need, um, like, um, refrigeration to, you know, preserve it. Sure. So you don't need a refrigerator, you don't need your freezer, um, and it's lighter weight. So all around, it's better for you. It, and it's, the taste is so much better. That's, that's what I was just going to say. I just finally, I've, I had this kind of little round kind of, you know, podunk dehydrator I've used for years. And I, I finally broke down and, and bought a big old Excalibur. And as I was thinking <laughs> about all the different things I'm going to dehydrate, I thought one of the things that I really should do is determine which dehydrated foods I actually mm-hmm. like using the most. So I went to a place called Harmony House, and they have this little sampler kit, right? And they mm-hmm. had, like, everything you can get from them in little uh, one-cup one pouches so I could sample everything. And what struck me was in make, you know throwing together soups, how fresh vegetables that have been dehydrated taste. I think in some ways they almost seem to have more flavor than when you just make them up fresh. I, I don't know how that's possible, but that was mm-hmm. the impression I got. Well, when you can your food, all your flavor is going into the water and setting the canning jar. And also with freezing your food, it's getting burnt. The flavor is being actually burnt. Mm-hmm. And um, so what you're doing when you dehydrate your food, you're just pulling the water out. You're not pulling the nutrients and the flavor out, just the water, so you're condensing it. And you know what? If Even when you purchase from Harmony House um, the dehydrated vegetables and fruits, let me tell you, when you do it yourself, it even tastes better. I, I think you're probably dead on with that. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things people have wanted to know, because we have kind of an audience of evangelists here, people that want to share prepping and share the concept of storing food and being prepared for whatever may come your way, is folks want to know how um, successful you've been at sharing this Outside of, let's say, the Internet realm, because you, obviously you've been very successful with your YouTube channel and your site. But, I mean, I saw things like you almost do like little home parties and bring people over on one of your videos where everything you make is dehydrated. Has that been effective and maybe more effective than, you know, if, if I go around bantering the word survivalist, that turns some folks off. You seem to be able to tie into a different group of people. Well, I think that um, when, what happened first is that my son – I try to tell people by word of mouth first. And it was my son, Stephen, who said, you know, Mom, you should do a YouTube video. And I said, no, I can't do that. I'm camera shy because I really am. My first videos, I was so nervous. Um, And he said, no, you can do this because when his friends would come over and I would give them dehydrated food, they would love it and they would want to take some home with them. So 
I think by word of mouth, I was able to reach a handful of people. But through YouTube and through my website, I'm able to reach more people. I've actually seen my video in Chinese. Awesome. Is that, that is I, so awesome. <laughs> I, I, I think that it's the Internet. We're, we're taking now, using this medium, and we're taking the concepts of self-sufficiency and self-reliance and independence mm-hmm. and taking – I mean, the big thing here is when we talk about terms like those, I think a lot of times people think of, well, self-reliance is all about taking care of yourself. But to me, it's really all about taking care of the people you love. You said it yourself when you came out, you're a mom. So your primary motivation is to make – it's one thing if you go hungry, but you don't want your kids to go hungry. And I think that's a universal message. That's why it's in Chinese or Japanese or whatever because people all over the world understand that. That's a fundamental of what what and who we are. Right. And it's – a lot of us take for granted how easy it's been. Most parents – and I really mean this, and I don't mean to insult anybody, but most parents go to the grocery store two or three times a week, and they buy their groceries weekly. And really, that is that really is a sad thing. We need to encourage people to to build their pantry and to to be self reliant, so that we don't have situations like we do when there's a big storm and people are running out. Or if we were to have, let's say, um, an epidemic of some sort, you'd be able to stay in your home and you'd be able to protect your children and you'd live off your pantry. Sure. And I think, I mean, the other thing that people, I think, lose sight of, and I was just talking about this on yesterday's show, is that when we do have disasters, the disaster is usually like an acute event. It's the aftermath and the mm-hmm. systems of support no longer being there that actually do the most damage. So an ice storm comes in, it happens for a day or two, it collapses power lines and trees and everything. Mm-hmm. But it's two weeks after, it, it might be warm outside, you know, it might be 50 degrees now, but it's still freezing cold at night, people's power's off, the stores are empty, uh, they can't get stuff into the place. And if you have the things that you're talking about in place, then you can get mm-hmm. through that period. And you, let's be honest, you can be a good neighbor too and help other folks out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always try to help other people out. Even like right now, um, I'm able to um, package up big, um, you know, crates for people that I know who've lost their jobs. And this is really sad. People I've known for years, and they they've been out of work for like a year and a half now. Mm. And this is really sad. I mean, I've broke down and cried many times. It's clear that you care about people, and I think that's why you're so well-received. I mean, I think that's why people were so excited to have you on, because when you care about people, it shows through. Um, Let's kind of shift gears a little bit there. Um, One of the things that other folks were asking me about on the forum when I told them you were coming on is, they said, I bet you she's tried things that didn't work and decided not to do that again. Are there any things kind of you learned along the way to, to not do? Uh, so other people don't have to live through those mistakes and learn the hard way? Oh, yes. Well, first of all, um, what I don't, what I learned not to do, um, if you read all the books and that, they tell you to soak like your bananas and all your, um, the items that you need to treat first with uh, either citrus acid or with um, lemon juice. Um, and they have you soaking it in it. And that's not a good thing. First of all, you're, you're wasting the lemon juice because you have to throw it out afterwards. And it's just better just to spray it and mist it on. So I think that's a technique that I came up on my own because I never found that anywhere. And so, uh, but there's a lot of things that I couldn't find and I had to figure it out for myself. So it was through trial and tribulations on many of the items that I do that I learned a better way. Very cool. I think that was one yeah. of the things I just, when my, when my new dehydrator came, it came with a book. From yeah. Excalibur, and I was looking at that, and I said, well, Tammy says not to do that. 
So I'm going to listen to Tammy since she dehydrates like every day. And the guy that wrote this book probably works in a marketing department somewhere. Right. Well, you know, I love Excalibur, but I have to tell you that through my own experience, I never go above 125. Okay. And that is what I try to stress to people. Um, a lot of people are, are putting the temps way too high and they're actually cooking their food. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to do that. So I would say that would be one thing that you want to stay Lower temp, lower longer temp, time. longer time. I think yes. dead on. I mean, that's if you want anything to come out right, that's probably a good idea, even with mm-hmm. cooking. Um, in fact, you do a lot of like cooking with your stuff in like slow cookers as well, right? Mm-hmm. Right, I do. Absolutely, I cook with my dehydrated foods every day. And the neat thing about it is that I can prepackage all my own foods instead of going to the grocery store and buying, you know, the prepackaged foods like the soups you open up and you add water to. Mm-hmm. And it tastes like nothing because that's overprocessed. Sure. But when you're doing your own fresh vegetables and stuff, that you go to the farmer's market or out of your own garden, it has such a stronger flavor, and it costs you pennies to do it. And you can des- and you can actually design your own soups. Make Absolutely. up your own soup. And the neat thing is is that you can package them up in a basket and give them away to friends. And that's my that's what I love doing the most. That's probably is, a great yeah. way to evangelize too, right? Because if I give you that, then you turn around and say, well, how would you do that? And now I have permission to share with you because you've asked. That's right. And I, people are amazed. When they see the food that's all dried up, they look like, no, I'm not going to eat that. But they're amazed on how on how good it tastes. And when I, t- I make dishes and I'll give it to people and say, that's dehydrated, they'll say, no. They don't believe you. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> you know, another thing I've noticed as I've been playing around with dehydrated foods lately is the ability to be flexible. So let's say I'm at home, I work from home now, and I want to make a, a fresh pot of soup up, soup up in the middle of the day mm-hmm. uh, after I get done with doing my show in the morning. Well, I can go make a pot of soup that's big enough for me to have one or two bowls of soup, mm-hmm. and I could easily expand that out and make a pot of soup that's big enough to serve a family. But because the food's dehydrated, I can pick and choose what I want, Mm-hmm. I don't end up having like you know to if you if you wanted to make let's say a chicken soup with lentils and carrots and celery and peppers mm-hmm. if you made that fresh that's a lot of work and you're going to want to make a big pot but if you do it out of dehydrated mm-hmm. a couple mm-hmm. tablespoons of this and that and some chicken stock and boom and leftover from last night chicken and mm-hmm. in five minutes I can make a little pot of soup mm-hmm. that's way better than Campbell's is ever going to put on the shelf oh yeah that that's true so I mean and the amount of money that you save. That's yeah. what I try to tell people. You save so much money that it's incredible. Well, a pot and, of soup like that, you got, what, 20 cents into, maybe? Yeah, maybe. And then I shop at the farmer's markets because I think um, I have my own garden, and I have a large garden, but I also go to the farmer's market, and I buy by the bushel basket full. And it's so much cheaper to do it that way. And it, it was incredible. If you watch my one video where I went to the Roots Auction down in uh, Pennsylvania, there are these auctions through Pennsylvania with these farmers that anybody can go to, and you just pull up, and the food is so incredibly cheap because they're selling to people who turn around and resell it. Sure. And you don't have to have a, you know, um, we call it a business, um, you know, a, a DBA or doing, you know, you yeah. have your business certificate or anything like that. You don't need that. You just pull up and start bidding on the food and take it home with you. Where is that video? Is that on your on your site, not on your YouTube channel? No, it's on my, it's on my, um, yeah, dehydratedstore.com. I'm gonna have to look that up. I want to see yeah. that. That sounds cool. I mean, the other thing that I've been looking into lately, especially once we move, I'm gonna find a local CSA to support, mm-hmm. uh, which is community supported agriculture, where basically you go in in advance of the harvest that year and buy a share in the producer's crop, and then you, once the harvest starts, you just show up every week and they hand you a basket of stuff. 
Right. And, and it's 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 not maybe as inexpensive as doing an auction, but then you're supporting a local grower as well. So right. And I think that's the thing. Dehydration opens up all these channels because if you didn't have that and you went and bought a bushel of apples tomorrow, mm-hmm. well, it's just a lot of apples to eat before they go bad. But you have that slicer thing. I got to get one of those too. Where do I get one of those? That, that thing where it spins in a circle and it peels and slices the apple. Yeah, the, the one I have. I shouldn't say this is a chef's choice, but I don't like that one. Okay. And because it, it keeps blowing fuses, and I had to send all the way to Europe to get new fuses. So I bought an entire box of fuses so that I could keep using my. And I'm just not real crazy about it. So I think they have them all over. Um, a lot of stores that you can see, they range from anywhere from 50 on up to $100. The Chef's Choice was $99. Okay. And like I said, um, I've seen them on sale at J.C. Penney's for, I think, $39, $49. So you just have to look around, make sure it's a stainless steel blade, mm-hmm. and uh, check it out. But I haven't. I, there's nothing I can say as far as uh, a meat slicer, which one I really love, because I have... I don't have the best one, and I haven't found one I really like yet. Okay, meat slicer. There. I was talking about the Apple thing. Oh, the Apple That's core. That's what I'm The one that, yeah, you just turn it with a crank, and it's, oh. that thing's awesome. i got to get one of those. Oh, it is. Yeah, they're only like $19 at Bed Bath & Beyond. And okay. if you have that 20% off of that $5 coupon, you can get it for like $15. So, uh, yeah, that's, you know, that's a must-have. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's... no more peeling apples. So I can with, go so with that, I can go out and buy a, a bushel of apples for five mm-hmm. bucks, and I can put up a tremendous amount of dehydrated apples, and I mm-hmm. can eat them like chips, or I can make pie, or I can do anything with them. Oh, uh, it makes a great pie. They're good makes... at pancakes, too, man. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Well, uh, let me tell you that. If, um, I have a video on my com where I take a bushel basket of apples, and I peel them, slice them, and, dehy- you know, cut them all up for the trays. It only takes me an hour to do the entire bushel. So so I have videos like that to show people how fast you can do this and how easy it is. It doesn't take a lot of time. Canning takes a lot of time. Now, I can, too. But you know what? I, my canning uh, shelves in my basement are full of canned goods because I use my dehydrated foods over my canned goods. Mm. So lately I've just been giving away my canned goods because, you know, I still love to can, but... I, I, it's faster and easier, and the, ta- the flavor is so much better with the dehydrated foods. I'm thinking future for myself. Um, the mm-hmm. canner is going to get used a lot less, and when I do use it, it's going to be more for uh, maybe the storage of meats. I'm a hunter. I bring a lot of game oh. into the house, and I think that makes sense because you can only do so much with dehydration in meat. There's some risks there, right? Right. There's risk involved with that. Um, anything with a high oil content, so you don't want to be dehydrating. Um, for example, I have people who would, who'd write into me and say, well, I can dehydrate scrambled eggs, and this is how you do it. And it's fine. You can cook your scrambled eggs and put them on your dehydrator and dehydrate them and add water to them later. Sure, you can do that. First of all, they don't taste real good. And second of all, the, light, the shelf life isn't that long. It's not safe to keep it for a long period of time. So, But you can purchase the powdered eggs, um, either the egg whites or the entire egg, and the can will last 15 years, and you can't tell the difference. It yeah. tastes just like you're eating a regular egg. I'm definitely with you there. Now, I've done things with yeah. meat for, like making jerky, and uh, I've also found a guy's site that was pretty cool on making dehydrated ground beef, but it's for more short-term things. I do a right. lot of camping, and so trail food in for a couple weeks and what have you. Uh, it works out pretty good, but, but I'm with right. you on the long-term stuff. Now, I will have to, one day we'll have to have an offline conversation about biltong, because I can tell you how to store meat for 20 years, um, but it doesn't involve an electric dehydrator. Oh, um, really? 
it's something they've been doing in South Africa for a long time called biltong, and um, it's a way to try pickle. We'll, we'll talk about that offline. Oh, yes, I did hear about that. Yeah. That stuff is amazing. You have to eat that really? with a flashlight under your blanket so that nobody finds out that you have any and takes it. <laughs> but, hey, let's talk about yeah. some maybe other prepping activities. Are there any other things you do other than dehydrating and storing food that you would consider kind of like an emergency prep activity? Well, I do. I, I believe that, first of all, that you should keep as many manual um, appliances as possible on hand. So I believe in a manual uh, uh, wheat grinder, a manual can opener. Um, let's see, what else do I use that's manual? Well, all your choppers and cutters and things like that that you use by hand. And actually, you know, as far as having a clothesline, oh, I know what, Dutch ovens. I have two Dutch ovens. I don't know, do you have one? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I have. And then do you have a solar oven? I have a solar oven, and I'm thinking mm-hmm. that I'm going to be playing around a lot with cooking dehydrated foods in a solar oven. It seems like a, I'm kind of a match made in heaven because you're slow cooking that way. Right. Yeah, that would be um, – well, see, I don't have the solar oven yet, but it's a project that I want to build my own this summer. So I am thinking about um, learning how to uh, build my own. There's a lot of YouTube videos. on. I love all these YouTube people who show people how to do things because there's just a wealth of information out there. Very cool. Well, you're a, a member support brigade member uh, after last night. So, um, actually, if you wanted one of the global sun ovens, we have a deal with them. You get fifty bucks off in a free oh, yeah. pot. Yeah, yeah. So oh. that's that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I wanted to build one too, and then I, I was like, too busy. I'm like, I want one, so I went out and bought one. Then I got the audience a discount and didn't use it for myself. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, you, you know, on, yeah. on like brands and stuff, uh, on yeah. Dehydrator, you're a big fan of Excalibur, and I had yeah. a question, what do you use? And I thought, well, I know what she uses. I guess the bigger question is, out of all the stuff that's on the market, why did you choose Excalibur? Um, Excalibur I chose because there's, there's certain things you do not want in a, in a dehydrator. You do not want a dehydrator that has a fan on the top or the bottom because this pushes the moisture through all the foods all the way up. You want the fan to be on the back and to blow it out the front. The other thing you don't want is you don't want any metal racks because the metal racks, some of these dehydrators that you see, um, they're all metal and they have metal racks in them. They'll burn your food. Mm. I think they're mostly meant for um, the ones that I've seen that are metal. I think they're mostly meant for um, jerky. Sure. So you have to be really cautious of that. You have to make sure there's a temp control on it. If there's not a temp control on it, you don't want it. Um, and uh, the reason why I choose Excalibur is because, First of all, the CEO and owner of Excalibur is Shauna Vercade, and she's a really nice person, and she has a lifetime warranty. And people who have contacted me and said, for example, if something was to go wrong with your Excalibur, like um, someone said, well, my lemons aren't dehydrating. They've been dehydrated for three days, and they're still wet. Well, that's probably because the heating element is bad. Mm-hmm. So all you have to do is uh, click on my site where it says Excalibur, go in there, and uh, email Shauna Vercade or anybody there and tell them what happened, and they'll send you out immediately another um, heating element. And all you do is plug in the new heating element. It's real simple. It takes two minutes. That's so awesome. And, and I'm glad to hear companies that are still doing business that way. I mean, sometimes yeah. it seems to me like the only people that still do business that way in the United States are uh, the firearms. Some of the firearms manufacturers are still that way. But, man, that's awesome. I didn't even know that when I bought one, that they would take care of you like that. That's cool. Oh, they're wonderful. They're such an honest company. And so I can't say enough nice, thing, nice things about them. And they are the number one. Yeah. If you want a good, and it works like a horse. Yeah. My dehydrators run day and night, day and night, and I'll tell you, for years, and they keep on running, and I just love them. I, I'm wondering, there's like the Timex watch. They just never <laughs> stop working. 
So very, that's very why cool. I like it. Yeah. Well, um, if if we're gonna uh, if we're gonna dehydrate vegetables, some of them we just throw in the dehydrator, like an, an, a lemon, right? You mm-hmm. just slice it up and throw it on there. Some of the other things that we dehydrate need to have preparation done to them. Can you tell folks kind of, you know, what is the basic preparation and which kind of, you know, I mean, don't go through a laundry list, but which right. types of things basically need some type of prep work? Okay, first of all, let's talk about carrots. Carrots need to be um, cooked first. And the reason you want to cook them first, now you don't want to cook them so they're cooked all the way through and they're mushy. When you're cooking all your vegetables that need to be prepped first, you want to think of them as being al dente. Okay, so you want them a little on the crisp side when they're bright, bright orange. And the reason you want to do this, if you dehydrate your carrots prior, I mean, prior to prepping them, you're going to get um, a very woody carrot when you try to rehydrate it. It's going to take a tremendous long time, and it's going to be kind of on the woody side. And not only that, by um, heating it up and steaming it or blanching it first, you're going to save the carotene inside of it. So this is stopping the carotene, uh, the carrot from losing carotene. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, so a lot of it, what it, um, a lot of the foods that require prepping first, what that, what that do, what's, what that is doing is locking in the enzymes so that they don't break down the food. Gotcha. So certain foods need to be prepped first. Potatoes, you have to steam your potatoes first, or boil them, cook them, bake them, what have you, um, because if you don't, they'll turn black. Okay. Okay, and so um, tomatoes. I have a lot of people asking me about tomatoes. If you don't want the skins on the tomatoes, and of course you would blanch them until the skin's blistered and then you peel the skins off. I always use the skins on my tomatoes and I never blanch them. I slice them, cook them, and, you know, I just slice them, put them on the dehydrator, then cook them when I want them. Very so, yeah. and, and like, kind of moving on in that vein, one of the things that I saw you do in your YouTube videos, and when I watched you do it, I was like, well, duh, why didn't you think of that? Um, when you freeze vegetables, it's almost the exact same rules. If you have to blanch something to dehydrate it, you have to blanch it to freeze. And I've been flash freezing my whole life out of my garden. Green beads, they go into the steamer, they go for a certain amount of time, they, then they go in the, in the freezer for flash freezing. So mm-hmm. if I go to the grocery store and I buy frozen vegetables, they've been through that process. So if Tom Thumb runs a sale and I can get um, – two-pound bags of diced potatoes for a dollar while they're on sale, I can go buy 20 pounds of potatoes, dehydrate those in a day, put them away, and all the prep work's been done for me, and that's pretty much corn, beans, all that stuff, right? Right, and hash browns, because I go to a lot of hash browns, so I try to buy a lot of the frozen hash browns when they're on sale, because it's a lot of work for me to shred all those potatoes and dry them, but I do it. I still shred them and dehydrate them, but... um I use a tremendous amount of hash browns, and uh, they're they're great to take frozen and do that. Now, obviously, fresh is best. Sure. Okay, so you because you're not pro- doing the long processing, you're not processing it by freezing and dehydrating. But th- certainly, it's better than canning because you're not going to lose as many of the nutrients as you would in canning. So, buying frozen foods and then uh, dehydrate them, you'll actually save on nutrients versus canning. It seems to me that out of that kind of subset of things that are frozen too certain things handle freezing better and, and are good targets for that because they're a lot of work or they, they really handle the freezing process well anyway or you find them on sale they're actually more economical potatoes being one of them uh, right. a frozen potato is not really gone it, it doesn't seem like it's been as damaged as let's say a frozen green bean and then mm-hmm. corn seems to freeze really well so those two you can find them like dirt cheap sometimes in the freezer section and mm-hmm. you can 
put up a lot of food very easily, right? Right. It seems like when you take the frozen foods, you just throw it on your dehydrator frozen, it'll dehydrate really quickly. It does. So, yeah. Uh, so that's a, that's a great way of doing it. And, you know, I, I love to do my corn and my peas that way because it's a lot of work to, to, to take corn, all the corn yeah. off the cob. And I use a lot of corn. Yeah. So uh, I try to buy it when it's on sale and I freeze it and I have a, it's great for in your soups and stuff. And yeah. You even occasionally make some cornmeal out of the f- f- frozen yeah. dried corn, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah. That's cool. And I, do, I grind my own wheat and things like that. Do you grind your wheat? I do. In fact, I was wondering what is the brand of that grinder that you have on YouTube there, that big oh. steel one? Yeah, that's uh, Country Living Mills. That is the number one uh, wheat grinder. If you want a wheat grinder, that's the one to have. And see, you know how I look at it. If how you can, how can you can? Well, I'm stuttering. How you can find a great product is if you can't find it on eBay used. You know you got a good product, and you can't find uh, oh, Country yeah. Mills wheat grinder on eBay used, and you can't find an Excalibur used either. It's very rare that you come across one. I use. They're all new ones that people are just selling from the company. Um, does that make sense? No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. it, it's kind of the reverse thing you do with vehicles. When you when you looking at buying a used vehicle, you look at the junkyards, and if there's if there's plenty of parts available for that vehicle, that's yeah. a good vehicle. When there's right. no parts available in the junkyard, that means every time a part becomes available, somebody's snatching it up, and it's not reliable. So it's, it, it makes a lot of sense. It's just a, a counterintuitive thing I think most people wouldn't think of. It's, it's not that they're not popular. It's they're not out there because once somebody buys one, they're like, I- I'm done. Because I think what you see on eBay a lot of times is, okay, I'm gonna, I, I don't want to spend a lot of money right now, so I'll buy like a mid-priced thing. And then mm-hmm. when I don't get what I like out of it, I'm going to bite the bullet and buy a more expensive one, and now I need to dump this. Right. And, and you're right. You don't see uh, Country Mills, and you don't see Excaliburs, because I looked. Yeah, well, I, yeah I, just, I know. I just bought I, one from one of our sponsors, and I was like, well, let yeah. me see if I can get a used one. Right. No, not one. Because people won't part with them once they get them. And that, that and, does say a lot. And I have, and I perfected the best um, whole wheat bread. And it's, I'm going to have that out. I think that video will be coming out pretty soon. I have some. I have a lot of videos that we made already, but my son releases them. You know, when he has time, he's pre-med. So we all do everything that we do. We're not making money at this. This is all, um, you know, missionary work, basically. And so uh, and any money that we do make from having the ads on there from like Excalibur, we take that money and buy Excaliburs and give them away. Very cool. Yeah. So we're not in this to make any money whatsoever. And that's it. The, the whole idea of this website was to get the word out and to educate people. Because the only thing you take with you when you leave this world are your good deeds. That's so. awesome, Tammy. And I, yeah. like I said, I can, I can. When I just watch your your video, as I can see that you you care about people, and that's your primary motivator here. So, you know, let yeah. me personally thank you for that and your contribution to our community by doing that. Um, another question from the forum: What are some of your favorite items to dehydrate, and why? Oh, I don't know if I really have a favorite. I just I dehydrate everything. I love everything I. I dehydrate. Um, I'm amazed all the time when I'm cooking foods and, um, you know, beets. I'd love to take my dehydrated beets and repickle them. I'm just amazed how they dry up so small and they turn into these great big beets again. It's incredible. So uh, apples, I love everything. And I use a tremendous amount of food. I go through lots of potatoes. 
Yeah. I prefer dehydrated potatoes over, and this is going to sound crazy, than fresh potatoes when I'm cooking stews and soups. Because fresh potatoes tend to, as you cook, slow cooking them, will fall apart. Yep. And get mushy. But your dehydrated potatoes will stay together. So yeah. um, I use lots of dehydrated potatoes. But one thing you cannot do is you cannot take dehydrated mashed potatoes and uh, make mashed potatoes out of dehydrated potatoes, okay? That's yeah. something you can't do. I try to tell people that. So even if you had diced potatoes that were dehydrated, you can't boil them up and come up with a good mashed potato product. No, you're not. You're, what yeah. you're going to get is a real starchy, lumpy mush. You yeah, I tried it. It. It, did, it didn't Did work. you try it already? Yeah, I tried it a long time ago and said I'll never <laughs> do that again. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So, But it's good to buy the um, powdered potatoes and things like that. Yep. Yeah, I also I also try to tell people if they have um, an LDS uh, uh, cannery near them, and it's on my site. So on my site, I have a resource map, and in that resource map, you can t- press on the state that you live in, and it'll tell you where all the LDS canneries are because you do not have to be an LDS member to go to those canneries and, and uh, buy food, and it's incredible and the video i have an lds video to show you what it's like uh, inside the cannery now it's not my video i borrowed it from someone on youtube they gave me permission to put it on my site so people could see what it's like inside an lds cannery and the food the i mean for example if i was to buy a 25 pound bag of wheat it would probably cost me 30 40 dollars for a 25 pound bag sure i can buy it at the LDS for $5.90. Wow. Is that incredible? But, wow. I mean, the list goes on. So people who are saying, well, you know, I um, I really don't have the money to start, you know, building a pantry, there are a lot of resources out there that you can take advantage of so that you can start building your pantry. And the most important thing that I try to tell people, this is not about taking your food and storing it away forever and forgetting about it. This is about using it every single day sure. and rotating it. And, you know, I would, I think, you know, they say, how many years do you think you should have in uh, stored food? Well, ideally, a year, I think, is good. But if you could have more than that, I would go for it. Yeah, why not, right? I mean, especially yeah. when you have stuff that's going to have the longevity behind it, the way mm-hmm. dehydration does. And like, I was started, I started doing research on this years ago, and I started doing a little bit of dehydrating just because of the fact that you can make food that can be put away for 10, 20, sometimes 30 years, mm-hmm. and you can do that yourself. And it's, it's a low-energy method. I, I think, right. you know, you have that, the dehydrator running constantly, but a dehydrator running overnight uses a heck of a lot less energy than a pressure canner on your, your range does, you know, running for an hour. Or your freezer running constantly. Absolutely. I didn't even think about the freezer side. And when that big storm came, my freezer, we had to throw everything out. Yep. Everything. Everybody was throwing their food out. It was really sad. I mean, everybody was throwing all their food out. You know, the first couple days they tried to keep it with the ice and that, but we were without without electricity for almost two weeks. Wow. And that's a long time. And it was so, I mean, you know, some people had... uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, come on, the things that you use, generators? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gener- and people were taking these generators and selling them for thousands of dollars. Yep. And yep. people were buying them. Yep. And they picked them up for like $300 and turned around and want, you know, $900, $1,000 for them. I would recommend that as a, as a standard prep for people to have yeah. a mid-sized generator, four, four and a half to seven and a half K, somewhere in that range. You can get them for three, mm-hmm. four hundred bucks and, They'll say the first time the power is out for more than 48 hours, 
and you can right. drag enough juice off of them to keep, especially if you keep a chest freezer like I do. Right. And you don't lose that freezer. That thing just paid for itself. Um, but it's a short-term solution. It's you, right. you know, it's two to three weeks is maximum. You got to store fuel for it. That's right. And they break down. That's right. You know? And 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 I think you know, just getting the gas. I mean, when when there was a storage, um, when we had this outage, there was gasoline stations that were closed. Of course, absolutely. <laughs> we couldn't get any gas. I mean, it was you know, so we had to use sparingly the gas that we did have reserved to put in our generator that we did obtain. So. Um, see, I have properties. I'm a landlord, okay. and I had to run around with my dehydrator, and I had to keep, I mean, not my dehydrator, I'm sorry, my generator, and keep pumping the basement oh, out yeah. of my properties because they were flooding. Oh, yeah. So there's all these other things that come along with when these big storms come. Sure. So. Yeah, I just watched a special the other night on, um, it's called Super Disaster, and it was uh, based on an ice storm they had in uh, Montreal several years ago. And they said if these two other environmental conditions had occurred with it, this is what it would have looked like. And it was like by the end of it, there would have been four inches of ice. And the yeah. the big giant transmission lines at that point, they just crumbled. And you could be without power. The little ice storm, I say little, it was huge. It went from El Paso to Philadelphia last year, but it was narrow. So it only affected people so much. We had one guy on our forum, uh, his forum handles Kentucky Farmer. He was without power for three weeks. Mm-hmm. from one little fast-moving ice storm. And I don't think people get how vulnerable we are if we get hit by something like that that instead of lasting a couple hours, lasts a couple days. And how badly you just want to take a hot shower after oh. a while. You just, you know, or you just want to sit in a room that's just heated and you can just relax because it's really hard in the wintertime when you don't have power. Yeah. It, people don't realize it, but and you, I mean, every hotel that was hundreds of miles away that had electricity were packed full. And you couldn't even get a hotel room. I was saying, let's go to a hotel. Let's do something. Let's get out of here. You got to have the gas to get there first of all, when all the gas stations are out of gas. Yeah. You know, but all these things like they dawn on you afterwards. You sure, know? sure. But when you go through them, they do reinforce. Now we need to do these things, and even when we have them hit and they're like minor inconveniences, we just take the opportunity. And we sit around and go, okay, this is going to be over in an hour or two. But if it was going to go on for a week, where mm-hmm. are we weak? And we try to shore those up. On things like being prepared, another question we've had from people is, where do you get your materials from? Who, who do you choose as a supplier for, like, oxygen absorbers, mylar, and things like that? The cheapest place that I've found so far, and I, I'm always searching right now, is Honeyville Grains. Wow. Um, because you get 100 cc, I'm sorry, 200, 100 cc oxygen packs for twelve ninety nine. Okay, so that's 200, 100 cc's. Is that making sense to you? Yep, absolutely. Okay, for twelve ninety nine, that's pretty cheap. Now their their shipping is four ninety nine, four forty nine. No matter how big your order is. So if you're going to buy something else there, I would suggest that you get the powdered eggs and the powdered cheese there. <laughs> you know what's hilarious? I ordered yesterday two cans of powdered eggs, mm-hmm. uh, a can of powdered cheese, and some one hundred and three hundred cc O two absorbers from Honeyville Grains. Did you? Yeah. Oh, good. yeah, yeah, and that's after I looked. And the other thing I ordered from them was uh, vacuum seal bags. Um, oh, okay. I have kind of a you have a big, beautiful industrial uh, vacuum sealer. I have a little one, mm-hmm. but it's called a snorkel vac, and it's got a uh, mm-hmm. a little thing that protrudes into the bag so that you can I can use the same type of bags you can. I don't have to have those specially made bags with the channels. Right. And Honeyville has uh, great prices on their um, on their bags too. Okay, but wait. Oh. All right. Tell First of all, wrong. 
Yeah. Well, the best. It does. I don't care how expensive your um, vacuum sealer is. You can have yeah. a thousand dollar vacuum sealer, or you can have a, you know, thirty dollar vacuum sealer. It's not the vacuum sealer; it's the bag. Sure. The bag is the most important part, and the best bag right now that I recommend that you can go and look at your dehydrated food a year from now, two years from now, and it'll still be sealed. Is the um, microchannel bags, and the only place because there was there. I can find the microchannel bags right now. Is that on my site under my videos? You'll see DC um, equipment processing, and the guy's name is Dwayne. And now there's been times he's been out of them, and I've looked all over the world to find more, and and people who claim that they have them and I'll order them and they won't be the right ones, but these are the best bags going right now. Wow, I'm gonna have to. So watch I recommend them, them highly. Yeah, microchannel, so and they come from DC. Enterprises, I mean food. I'm sorry, DC processing equipment. Okay. It's on it's on my site. So if you go to my site and at the end of the videos, where this video section is, you'll see, and you just click on that, it'll take you right to them. Now, you know, I want to tell you that I did. Um, I am talking with Honeyville Grains right now um, about putting their them on my site. I, I would love to put them on my site, and I asked them, if I put you on my site, would you give each one of my viewers who purchased from you a five a 5% discount? So they're getting back with me on that. Very cool. So that way, anybody who clicks on there will automatically get 5% off. That's what we're working on right now. I haven't gotten the answer yet, but they're said, they said that that sounds real good to them, and they would get back with me. But they're very interested, so I'm hoping to do that soon so that people can get a, a break. That's awesome, and you know they should yeah. do it. I think you could send them a lot of people, and I bet you there's going to be a lot of people checking out DC processing today. So yeah. you, you, uh, this show is going to air live tomorrow, actually, Tammy. So okay. you might want to go buy some more before uh, your uh, your words get out to these folks. Uh, we also you, you met we had people talk about dehydrating eggs. You, you said you could do it with scrambled eggs, but egg powder is probably the way to go with that, right? And, and honey milk for that. The safest way to go, and it tastes the best. And like I said, those um, eggs that you purchased are good for 15 years. And then the cheese, um, the powdered cheese, I would go that way too. And you know what? Once you buy that powdered cheese, when you buy, you ever buy, of course, I'm sure, uh, Kraft macaroni and cheese? Sure. That powdered cheese is the same powdered cheese. So you can take your can of powdered cheese and you can make the cheapest Kraft macaroni and cheese <laughs> up that you want. Uh, so it's the same thing. You just add a little bit of that in with some, you know, butter and some milk or whatever and You've got it right there. So that's an excellent product is the cheese. And on all that stuff, you've been buying most of it from Honeyville? I buy everything from Honeyville because they are such an honest company. Um, if you were to receive um, some can, you know, the, the number 10 can items, and there were dents in those cans, yeah. and you call them up and you say, you know, I got my order here, and you got dents in my cans, and they'd say, keep the cans, we'll send you more. Wow. And they'll send you a whole new shipment. Wow. So and they're incredible, and they don't know. I mean, at that time, they didn't know who I was. I didn't sure. call Sam Tammy from Dehydrate Destroy. Mm-hmm. They know me now because um, he's heard of me, so he he knows that a lot of people go there because I recommend them, and that's why we're talking about you know trying to put them on the site and hopefully getting five percent you know discount. Yeah. For but your point food. is, when they didn't know you from Adam, so to speak, they. Uh... They, just they took think. care of you like you were Tammy from Dehydrate Destroy, and that's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they were just wonderful. And, you know, I've been ordering from them for years, and they are on the spot. Awesome. So I like them. Awesome. So they have my utmost respect. <laughs> 
as we get toward wrapping things up, I um, I want to kind of reiterate something you've kind of already alluded to and give you a chance to, to talk to people about this because I think it's so important and it makes it easier for people to, uh, I guess, swallow the pill and start doing some storage, so to speak. I've been saying from day one, eat what you store, store what you eat. If you want some other long-term things, um, let's say, you know, like meats are, again, we talked about this, really hard to do, and even canned meats, they're a limited thing, but you can get some really nice products from like Mountain House providing pantry with, um, you know, dehydrated or dehydrated freeze-dried meats. But for every, that's kind of that long-term, hope I never have to use it, once in a while I'll pull out a can and use it and replace it type thing. But right. for day-to-day stuff, the things that you're talking about mm-hmm. can go into your meals every single day. There's almost nothing you would cook where, hey, at least a handful of dehydrated onions or mm-hmm. what have you, right? Right. And, you know, did you ever make an omelet yet with your dehydrated foods? Absolutely. Absolutely. Did it turn out really nice? Oh, beautiful. Uh, see? And did you use the powdered eggs? Uh No. Oh, what? You didn't? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, the powder, the egg whites are really good for you because, yeah. you know, so they really push that. I mean, if you go to Dunkin' Donuts, they're selling that egg white egg uh, garden fresh sandwich like crazy over there. Uh, so anyways, um, if you use those powdered eggs, they fry up just like a regular egg. It's amazing. And you just put your hash browns and your onions and your peppers or whatever you're going to put in yeah. there. and. Wow, instant omelet. So I make I those. I can see things. that. That would be yeah. that, that's pretty. And I mean, if you had some cheese powder, oh, you know, oh yeah, clog the mm-hmm. artery or two. But hey, man, you know we're only yeah. we only go around once, so we might that's as well right. enjoy it. Um, right. Yeah, and I mean, like I was saying earlier, the other thing with me and the the store where you eat it, where you store thing is, if I have canned goods and I break that can open, I've got kind of a limited time where I got to get everything that's in that can. You so I'm mm-hmm. hesitant if I'm just you know the kids at college, my wife's at work. I'm cooking for lunch. I'm hesitant okay. to break a can open, but I can open up a jar full of dehydrated stuff, throw an O2 absorber in there, pull out just what I need today, stick it right back on the shelf, and if I don't use it for another two weeks, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter, right. It's, yeah, it's being green. It's being uh, it's saving and being green. I, that's why I think that uh, the, the green people, I say, should yeah. be all over this because – it is a great way of being green and not wasting because you waste less when you dehydrate. You take out just what you need, and that's it. I have my own theory on some of those green people, and I think the reason they're not all over it is because a lot – not all of them, I want to be fair, but okay. a lot of them are more in it for political leanings than to actually do something. So if you went okay. – you know, some of these green people, you know, if you went to their house, they're, they're not exactly green in the way they run their lives, but mm-hmm. – um, you know, or they'll get on me because I have a pickup truck, and but my other car gets 44 miles to the gallon. And when you do things like you're doing, there's to me the, the issue is there's no reason anybody can say I, I can't do that too, because anybody can do the things that you're teaching people how to do. And with your help, they should be able to move a lot faster. So it actually requires those people to like take action. And I think that's right. what some people aren't big on taking action. Right. Well, I have a pickup truck, too. <laughs> well, you have to, that. so you can go buy a truckload of food to dehydrate, right? I do, yes. And that's <laughs> why I have it, because I can do things like that. I go I go to all these auctions, and I do. I buy a lot of food. I give a lot of food away. I've been giving a lot of food away because of the people that are out of work. That's so awesome. It's incredible how many people I know, people I never thought would be out of work or out of work. But I do believe, when you, I do believe that, there are really hard times coming, and I think that we're heading for hyperinflation. And if you notice, the, the stock market is on a decline. I think we're 80 points away from 10, Dow 10,000 mm-hmm. again. 
And so it's right back on a collapsing course again. And I really, did you ever listen to Gerald Salente? Uh, very much so. Absolutely. Yes, I, I'm right with him. I believe what's going on. And I do think that there's going to be some really tough times coming. And, uh, you know, I know people that are storing food that you would never think were mm-hmm. storing. I actually so. think that we're in a, in a it, we're, we're getting set up to a point where I'm really afraid that a lot of people are going to get hurt because yeah. even though we're still watching the market trail back right now, I mean, mm-hmm. the president did State of the Union address. That never helps the stock market. Right. Um, but I think that 2010 overall is going to look fairly decent maybe even a little bit into 2011 because all of this stimulus money that people want to know what happened to it, well, the, the honest answer is most of it hasn't been spent yet, and they're going to right. dump it in this year because it's an election year. And right. I think it's going to create a, a bubble, and it's it, it's an $800 billion bubble, and that's a big bubble. Mm-hmm. And I think that everybody's going to go, oh, look, see, just like they said, everything is, is rosy again, mm-hmm. and I think the other side of that bubble might look what we went through last year right. look like a like, – really pretty good times. I think people have this, the media's out there saying, what, you know, this is the greatest depression since the, or greatest recession since the Great Depression. This is not like the Great Depression right now. I think it could be, but my grandfather on both sides lived through the Great Depression, and they told me what it was like, and this ain't what those guys went through, and I think we need to be in touch with the fact that that could be us someday. Right. Well, see, I think there's a difference between the depression of the Great Depression and the, what's going on now. And this depression is working on inflation, where the Great Depression was deflation. So it was a deflationary depression, but this is an inflationary depression. I think that all that money they printed out is not going to hit us yet. But if you look at a uh, loaf of bread, is close to $4. It's $3.69 for a loaf of bread. Absolutely. So so I think that's going to turn around, and that's going to hit us, and it's going to hit us hard. Now, um I think that uh, it's very possible that we're going to see some this year be really difficult. I it think could that, be. Yeah. It's, it could I'm be. going with the assumption that it's going to get pretty bad this year. See, my theory is that you're, you're dead on with the inflation, but it hasn't hit yet. It's been minor mm-hmm. compared to the money they've dumped in. When they put m- right. more money in, the only way the new money gets value is to suck it away from the old money. And that's a hard right. concept for people to understand, but that's just how math works. So, right, all that money they printed out is going to come back at us, just like the yep. Weimar Republic. It's yep. going to come, every yep. every country, every currency that's ever um, manufactured all their money out, that printed it all off, has collapsed their money. I, their, I that currency has collapsed. It's, and in the history, there's never been a currency that survived that. Now, why do we think we can? Well, I think we're in a, we're going for the perfect storm, and what that looks like to me, Tammy, is we have that that, that very condition you just talked about. We have mm-hmm. a pseudo false recovery come when inflation hits in the middle of that recovery. Initially, right, just initially, very short period of time, it looks really good because as prices go up, the bottom line of every major producer goes up as people cope with the inflation short term. Mm-hmm. But that hits a breaking point. And when that hits a breaking point, the price continues to rise, and the purchasing drops off the other end. And that's what I think we're coming we're coming to. And that's sad to think of, but I guess your point is you can do something about it. You can't change it, but you can prepare for it in advance, right? We are so in debt. They, they it was on the news today because I always watch CNN. Um, I've always been a. I'm not trading now, but for many years I was a, a trader. A pretty big trader. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, I was we call a day trader, yep. basically. And so I did that that's where that industrial years. dehydrator came from. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I mean, 
but um, my point is that um, I think that uh, I think that it's definitely right at knocking at our door. I think, and I think that we're being set up again, yes. Yeah, because they always they make money whether it goes up or down. In fact, the only time they don't get the, the, the people at the top don't make money is when it's stable. And that's why we always have instability because it's in their best interest. Um, the rich will eat and the poor will not. And that's yeah. what it will amount to. We're, you know, in, I was going to tell you that it said that our country, for every person in our country, we are $40,000 in debt mm-hmm. for every person in this country. And they just raised the debt ceiling again. Right. And I just want to make our point. Before the Great Depressions, what did they have? They had the Roaring Twenties. Yep. Remember that? The Roaring Twenties. Well, weren't we roaring with all this credit card and all this stuff? Yeah, we were. So, you know. And the same thing created it. It just was a different form. It was created Mm -hmm. by easy credit. The Great Depression Mm -hmm. was created by easy credit for margin in the stock market. Right. The, the, the depression or recession, whatever you want to call it, we're going through right now. I call it a depression. I just not right. the same level. Um, was created by easy credit in the consumer and housing market. But it was still easy credit. And of course, we know who manipulates how credit flows. And in the end, those guys are doing really good. Um, right. and, and the money's baseless. We all know that, uh, at this point. And it's, it's sad, but the thing that it hits us on the, uh, on the jaw with, is food, and I think it's it's bigger than just the monetary thing because some of the other things we talk about on the show is peak water. We have a, a right. point where we're running out of water. Uh, we're mm-hmm. turning our food into fuel because mm-hmm. that's a genius idea. Um, mm-hmm. We have peak oil, which I believe in, but I don't know when we're actually going to hit peak, but sooner or later that's got to happen. Mm-hmm. We, we've got all of these things converging, and uh, you've asked me about Salente. Have you ever listened to a guy named Chris Matterson? You know, no, I haven't. I think I heard him before, but I didn't, don't really follow him, but I heard the name before. He has a show or a, a, like a presentation called Crash Course, and it's all okay. about all the mutual hockey sticks. You might want to check him out. I'm trying to get him to come on the show, but okay. not, not to steal your thunder. Let's, uh, let's tell folks how they can learn more about what you're teaching people to do and get all your resources. Well, um, I have my site, which is www.dehydrate2store.com. And uh, we have a recipe section, a resource section, all videos. We have a lot of videos that are on that site that are not on the YouTube site. Um, it's a free site. There's no subscription fees. And my site is not about making money. It really isn't. And actually, it's cost me a lot of money for this site. I can tell. It's, right. It's about um, making people aware and getting them to build their pantry. Yeah, I can, and we're I can giving tell. away another dehydrator too. I gotta tell you that. Very cool. So tell okay. folks how they can register to win a dehydrator. Okay, it's not up tonight, um, today, but it might be up tonight, um, where you can register on the site. I believe it's in the contact section. Uh, my son's doing it, so I'm, I'm not really sure um, where he's going to put it. Uh, but you can register on that site. It'll tell you where to go, and put your name and address in, and your phone number, and we'll do a drawing. I think the drawing is going to be. April 2nd or April 4th. But all that information will be up on the site, where to go, how to do it, and what day the drawing is. And it's a pretty cool resource, too. Even though people don't have to pay, there is a way they can register as a registered user, right? And when they do that, they can do things like enter their own recipes. Yes, and we also have, and they can also enter, 
Like if you have a farmer market in your area, you can register that so that people will, that go on the site for the resource section can say, oh, here's a farmer's market over here that someone put in. It's near my house. I'm going to go to that. So we're really trying to build that. It has all the LDS canneries that I put in. But um, I, I'm hoping that more people will go in. We just got it rolling, just to, I think about a few weeks ago, up and running, um, where you can start putting, uh, your, you know, places that are near you because you're helping someone else. You know what? Someone lives in that state. That's an awesome resource. I'm going to ask you guys in the audience right now, if you know of a, of a local resource like this, please go by Tammy's site today and enter it. You know, register as a user. It doesn't cost you anything. Uh, you'll get access to all the stuff that's there. And if you could just, you know, CSAs, farmers markets, right, LDS canneries, mm-hmm. anything like that, if you enter it, you'll be sharing it with other people. Because I know this audience wants to help people. So let me, again, thank you for all the things that you've done and mm-hmm. setting things up like that. I looked at your site. Um, my background is in, in web design, marketing, and, and development online. Mm-hmm. And I can look at that site and go, there's some real effort that went into that. And it, it, it would be rather expensive to produce. So it's a testament mm-hmm. to how much you care about people that there's no – I was like, there's got to be some monetization here somewhere. Because no, none. That's, that, that's really cool. Absolutely so none, that. yeah. Well, hey, thanks for joining us today. Do you have any final thoughts for people? You want to sum anything up, anything like that? No, just that uh, everybody's been very kind to me, and all the email is wonderful. I do have to say that I will. I have a newsletter that's coming out in February where I'm telling people that I will no longer be taking emails. I receive 100 emails a day. I can't keep up with it. It's sure. just me. And I have a 10-year-old at home still. So, <laughs> you know, it's really – so um, I'm doing my best, and I feel really bad that I can't keep up with the emails, but everybody has been so wonderful to me, and all the beautiful letters that they send me is incredible. I, I really can't get over it. I can't be thankful enough for all the nice compliments everyone has given me. Well, that's awesome, and I certainly understand the time constraints with that. And you, uh, mm-hmm. my feel is feeling is you've done enough. You don't need to be answering a hundred emails a day. And, and I, I do, uh, to, to quote a former president, feel your pain on that. Um, it is difficult to keep up with stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you for joining me today, thank Tammy. You. I appreciate that. And folks, mm-hmm. I just want you to realize the the conviction from a person that it takes to to put all of this effort in just to help other people learn. We've got a, a rare person in, uh, in Tammy, and it's a, it's a blessing to the, uh, the prepper community as a whole. And I want you to take the things that you heard here to heart today. Um, I think it's easy to watch Tammy's videos and think, okay, this is a person who knows how to dehydrate food and, and knows how to store food, and that's pretty much it. But you, you found out there's some motivation behind that that's a bit deeper and, and a fundamental understanding of some of the flaws in our society today. And what I like about a person like Tammy and what we try to convey here all the time is that we need to understand those flaws. We need to understand those weaknesses. But the best thing that we can do once we understand them is instead of sitting around belly aching about it, take action and do something about it. And you start at home. And there's no better place to start than making sure that you can feed yourself. And if it comes to it, at times feed your neighbor and take care of people that are down and hard on their luck. If you help them now, um, when they get an opportunity, hopefully they'll remember that and they'll stabilize things. So if it gets really bad, we don't get into a place where anybody is individually overwhelmed. And it really follows the fundamental that I tell you guys all the time over and over again. The secret between those who survive and those who do not is that survivors know 
what they do matters. Well, what you do matters. It matters for you. It matters for those that you love, those you care about. So take action. Do some, do something today to make your life better. And make sure you get by Tammy's site. I'd really appreciate that. And anybody that knows of any resources, please register them there. I think it'll help build that right, that resource out. I think it'll help all of us an awful lot. This has been Jack Spirico and Tammy Gangloff with another edition of the Survival Podcast, helping you figure out how to live that better life if times get tough or even if they don't. You can scream and you can holler, it really doesn't matter cause it all gets spent.